Neil deGrasse Tyson, a very famous astrophysicist, released a particularly stupid TikTok video recently that I wanted to comment on. In this video, we're going to see a collision between two worldviews. On the one hand, we have the consistency of reality that Neil, again, a scientist, is desperately trying to run away from. And on the other hand, we have Neil's own worldview that he has created to escape from out of reality. And it, it doesn't work. It can't work because it's not real. So let's roll the tape and see if we can't learn something from the world's most famous astrophysicist. Apparently, the XXXY chromosomes are insufficient because when we wake up in the morning, we exaggerate whatever feature we want to portray the gender of our choice. Mm. Either the one you're assigned, the one you choose to be, whatever it is. And so now, here, so so now just to, to tie a bow on this, I say to you, somewhere I read, somewhere I, I think I read that the United States was a land where we have the pursuit of happiness. Yes. Suppose no matter my chromosomes, today I feel 80% female, 20% male. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on makeup. I'm gonna do that. Um, tomorrow I might feel 80% male. I'll remove the makeup and I'll wear a muscle shirt. Why do you care? Yeah. What, 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 what business it is it of yours to require that I fulfill your inability to think of gender on a spectrum? Neil, Neil, Neil. Uh, it's shocking that someone who's so smart doesn't know this, but makeup doesn't create a woman. Muscle shirts do not create a man. And neither does whatever Neil is wearing here in this video. Why does Neil care? What business is it of Neil's to require that I fulfill Neil's inability to think of gender on a binary. Uh, we're back to square one. And and in a situation like this, we have we have to have something to point to instead of our own feelings, instead of our own emotions, which is what Neil is doing here. He is presupposing the reality of his own worldview, uh, except he's wrong about that. And the only way to do that is not to compare feelings, not to compare who uh, who's more famous. <laughs> At this point, it's not even to compare uh, what authority says what, because Neil deGrasse Tyson is one of the most famous scientists living right now. And evidently, we can't trust what he says about reality, um, because he's, he's proven that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'll just answer his question. It's not my business. It's not my business to force him to believe a certain thing. Uh, he has the freedom to believe whatever stupid thing he wants, because this is a free country. And, uh, you know, if that makes him happy, I think it's wrong, and I think ultimately it's not making him happy, but, you know, he's free to believe that. Although, I hope that he would admit that people aren't free to do whatever makes them happy, because, you know, what if killing people makes someone happy? They're not free to do that. So, yeah, th these are just common tactics, uh, very sneaky, very weak, uh, rhetorical, you know, just, just trying to, uh, buzzwords essentially is what this is. 
Um, reality itself demands that you believe it. So it's not my business. It's reality's business. It's your business to believe in reality, in the real world, outside of your window, you know. Now, uh, there were some serious problems, like logical problems in that video. But there are some other problems, too, that I wanted to talk about uh, with regarding science and regarding worldviews and ultimately tie this into theology because this is a Christian podcast. (laughs) So a scientist is a person who comes up with theories and laws and hypotheses to um, that are based on observable evidence. They come up with these ideas, they observe the world, and then they come up with explanations for why the world is the way that it is. Now, in order to do that, They have to have their eyes open. They have to be observing reality and observing reality unobscured by emotions, unobscured by the cultural zeitgeist, uh, and not allowing those things to distract from physical reality. Now, when a scientist begins to do the things that Neil did, which is to allow emotions and culture and opinions to bleed over and to influence his perception of physical reality, that's a problem, especially if you're a scientist, especially if you're a person who has been trained to specifically not do that. Because reality needs to shape our opinions, not the other way around. Our opinions cannot shape reality. They don't shape reality. It's impossible. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you think. Not only do facts not care about your feelings, but your feelings are useless to do anything whatsoever about facts. And to attempt is entirely unscientific. It is to go against the scientific method. It is to deny the reality of science. It is to say that science doesn't even matter, which is a funny thing. For someone to believe who has devoted himself to science and grown famous off of being a scientist like Neil deGrasse Tyson. So Neil, if, if you've never heard of this guy, I would be surprised. But Neil is one of the poster boys of science now in our culture among a small handful of others. And the fact that he said something so egregiously stupid makes me doubt everything else he's ever said. You know, like if he's denying something so fundamental about reality, like, you know, if he's getting something like, like the existence of sex wrong, that's simple. What are the odds that he's getting something massive wrong, like astrophysics? (laughs) That's not to say that he gets it all wrong. I mean, he could get plenty of things right, but this he's not getting right. And it's one of the most simple things to get right that there is. Little children who've never in their lives been to a purple-haired kindergarten teacher's class trying to teach them about the gender theory they learned and their useless degree that they earned in college. Children understand the idea that there are boys and there are girls. There's no third option. And forget gender. Sex is what we're talking about. Gender is not a thing. Gender does not exist. It's just sex. (laughs) Gender is not the 
the way we present ourselves, and then sex is what we are biologically. These people don't even think that biology even comes into the picture. Like Neil said, it's like, regardless of what your chromosomes are, X, Y, it's how you present yourself. It's how you feel. You know, if you're feeling 80% man, I guess you throw on a muscle shirt. <laughs> like a muscle shirt is what makes a man. Oh, man. Ah. Among him, there are other people that I, this is what I find really interesting. Another thing about these scientists. There are people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Michio Kaku is someone else who comes to mind, Richard Dawkins, uh, even Bill Nye, although Bill Nye isn't trained as a scientist. I think he was trained as an engineer, but you know, he's, he spent all of his life in, uh, you know, at least basic science and trying to teach kids science. I watched Bill Nye all the time growing up. And so I think of Bill Nye and all these other guys when I think of science, and you've probably heard of some of these people. These, these guys are all still living. And all of them are atheists. They're also all clowns. They believe outrageous stuff, not just their atheism, but, you know, like what Neil deGrasse Tyson here said. It's outrageous. You know, Bill Nye uh, is very popular for saying a lot of insanely outrageous things. Same with Richard Dawkins. Uh, I think... I mean, well, no, I've also heard Michio Kaku say plenty of outrageous political things and social things. So they're all clowns. They're all atheists. They're all scientists, except for Bill Nye. But, you know, we'll call him a scientist anyway. Now, how does this play into Christianity? Well, I, I think an interesting thought that I had whenever I was listening to this video was that many people think that science leads people to Christianity. Uh, but I don't think that's true. I think it's obviously not true because if science leads people to Christianity, then, you know, we would see, <laughs> we, we would, I would imagine that we would see fewer atheist scientists, but, but they are saturating the market right now. But in fact, I think it's the opposite. I think Christianity leads people to science. Now, that's not to say, just hold on, hold your horses, don't click off yet. That's not to say a person has to be a Christian before they want to get into science. But if we look at history, the biggest scientific discoveries in history have almost exclusively been by Christians. Christians essentially created science. And... Christians, not, not just because they happen to be Christians, because a lot of people were Christians in the world, but I, specifically people who had a love of God also loved his creation. And that love for God's creation led them to want to learn more about creation and learn how the world works because they believed if we learn about God's creation, we will learn more about God. And so it was a way to worship God to pursue science, to observe God's reality and to learn things about it so that they can learn more things about God. That makes sense. But why are people like this doing science? What is their motivation? If they're atheists and they, they live in a world where God doesn't exist and they live in a world where they admit there is no objective meaning whatsoever and they believe they create their own meaning, but everything ultimately is arbitrary. Everything ultimately is meaningless. Why does it matter to learn about the world? Why does it matter to learn about the universe? 
If the universe is ultimately meaningless, anything you learn about the universe would ultimately be meaningless too. Why would we observe a world that may or may not be meaningless? Why does a world matter at all if there's a chance that the world is meaningless? Even if there's a chance, you know, if you say like, well, God, God probably exists or God might exist. There's a chance that he doesn't. And so the world that you're living in is a world where there is a chance that the whole world is meaningless. There's a chance that the whole world was created by chance and not God, but by chance, uh, which is impossible. And, you know, if, if I'm studying reality, if I'm studying the world, I could say, oh man, there's this beautiful seashell on the beach, but there's a chance that this seashell is totally meaningless. There's a chance that seashells and trees and human faces all adhere to the golden ratio, but there's also a chance that it's totally meaningless. So why would I study it? <laughs> you, If you were being consistent, you wouldn't. Observing meaningless things can only give you meaningless conclusions. And so atheist scientists, and, and you know, religion doesn't, I mean, I think religion is very intimately connected into this conversation about the stupidity of what Neil deGrasse Tyson just said. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just take religion out of the picture for a second. If someone denies such a fundamental aspect of reality as the existence of sex, uh, why, why does anything else matter? Now, I think the existence of God is far more fundamental than the existence of sex and the meaning of that. Uh, but Neil knows this. Neil knows this. Even though he's a self-avowed, God-hating atheist, Neil knows that the world has been given meaning. And he hates that meaning. That's what I think. I think, just like the Bible says, everybody innately has a knowledge of God. Here's my theory for why all of these famous scientists are atheists. Here's my theory for why all of these, these famous scientists are not only atheists, but they're not even reasonable atheists. They're clowns. Like of all of these people, Richard Dawkins might actually be the most reasonable. And Richard Dawkins is insane. <laughs> but he's, I don't think he's ever said anything as outrageous as what Neil deGrasse Tyson just said in this stupid video. Richard Dawkins is more reasonable than Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> but... But why are all these these uh, these famous scientists, scientists, atheists, and clowns? Why? Why those three things? Why are they interconnected? Uh, I can't think of a super famous scientist that that's like a household name. That's not all three of those things right now. I can think of plenty of them from earlier in history who weren't, but modern times, mm, I can't think of any. Neil is doing everything he can to observe things about the world that God has clearly made and twist them as much as he possibly can, even in something so fundamental as the existence of sex, into something completely indiscernible from reality. Neil, so science observes a reality and draws conclusions from it. That's exactly what Neil is doing. He's observing reality 
but he is drawing twisted conclusions from it. He's drawing conclusions that do not comport with reality, but are entirely contradictory with reality. I think C.S. Lewis was making a really interesting point along these lines in his books, That Hideous Strength and The Abolition of Man. Transhumanism is the end of all godlessness. When we deny reality and attempt to be consistent with our own made-up worldview, we will automatically try to turn ourselves into something that we're not. We're trying to be something that we're not created for, which is transhumanism at its core. It's to say that humans aren't good enough the way they are, and so let's be something different. (laughs) And what humans are, are creations made by God in the image of God to serve and glorify God. But if we're not that and we're something else, then we need to change ourselves. We need to alter ourselves. And we need to affirm the fact that other people can do that. Because instead of objective morality or objective truth being the thing that governs us, ultimately God, right? Instead, it's things within ourselves. It's emotions and feelings and whatever the culture says and whatever is comfortable, which is clearly what Neil deGrasse Tyson, unfortunately, is giving himself into. (sighs) So I think C.S. Lewis got that right. Because that's exactly what we see. And I think that is the thing that connects all of these scientists, clowns, uh, atheists. They are denying reality. in, uh, And they, they seem to care very much about observing reality. But I think the thing that, that drives them is not the love of God's creation, but it's actually the hatred of God's creation. People can study science because they love God's creation like they did in the past. But now we see people studying God's creation in order to destroy it. When we pull the foundation out from under the world, then it all falls down. If fundamental truths don't matter to a person, why would, ex- why would the existence of a person's sex matter? If a person's sex doesn't matter, why would morality matter? Why would science matter? Why would anything matter? It's entirely inconsistent to be a scientist in a meaningless world unless... You knew the world had meaning and you were trying to destroy it. Even, you know, not not necessarily that they're doing this on purpose, but they are doing it. And they're all marching under exactly the same banner. That's interesting. To deny the most fundamental aspect of reality that is ingrained on the heart of every human. I'm not even talking about biological sex. Something even more foundational than that. That God exists and that he should be glorified by our every action is to deny reality itself. So, a person cannot have a consistent worldview if they're an atheist. Even if someone who devotes himself to science his whole life, like Neil, as an atheist, has actually failed to devote himself to science at all in his heart, Because he denies the most fundamental aspect of reality that he claims to observe, which is the existence of God. And, you know, he might not even deny the existence of God. Like, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Rich, uh, oh, whatever. Famous atheist who passed away. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. He says, there is no God and I hate him. I'm going to feel stupid for for, uh, remembering his name right after I stop recording. (laughs) Today... We see science being done not out of love for God's creation, but hatred for it. They intend 
on finding ways, twisting science to prove that God does not exist or which is impossible or twist basic foundational truths like sex or force people to pump, say, experimental drugs into their bodies over and over and over and over or lock people in their homes for two years or prevent children from having any social interactions whatsoever for the same amount of time or prevent people from buying gas and driving their cars or preventing people from seeing their dying family members. You know, we could go on. This is what science does nowadays. So I think we need to reclaim science and it's got to be Christians that does it because Christians are the only consistent people that actually love God's creation and want to learn more about it. And so Christian as Christians, you know, we need to not only reclaim the field of science in general, which is going to be hard because it's so corrupted by people like these. You can't just go to a school nowadays and learn science devoid of any kind of <clears throat> atheistic corruption. But what we can do is stand firm in the reality that we do know exists and we can love God and love God's creation in our own ways uh, privately in our homes and our families and our churches. And we can fight against this absolute denial of reality that's happening in the world. And as we see their structures crumble, we can build new ones that actually glorify God and love his creation. So, Sorry I've had no podcast for a couple weeks. Uh, I've been reorganizing my room and building a computer, which is why I have a, a new angle here on my videos. Um, that created a huge mess and took up a lot of space that I would normally use to create content. And so that's why I haven't published any podcasts in a while. But I've worked out a pretty good setup. Hopefully you like the angle. Let me know if you do or don't, or if you preferred the old one better. Because um, I, I can still change angles a little bit. But hopefully this is good. Um, and if you even got one thing out of this episode, I think that's worth a subscribe. And if you do, that tells the algorithm that it should show this show to more people. Uh, so do it for them. God bless. I'll catch you next time.